0: Welcome to Conscious SD, where successful San Diego leaders share their stories of leading beyond profit and are using the influence of business to possibly change the companies and communities we all work and live in. I'm your host, Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership, a unique set of processes that unlock the unlimited passion and potential of your team to create a 10x result in your business. I want to thank our collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, Be Local, and Cause San Diego. We're all focused on impacting the community of San Diego through the work they do as business leaders. Welcome to the show. Just a few recent headlines. Florida ocean temperature tops 100 degrees. That's jacuzzi water. Philadelphia hits 108 degrees. That's Phoenix weather, my friends. Northeast U.S. is blanketed by smoke. Apparently, Canada caught on fire. If you're like me, that all sounds bad. But to be honest, I'm not really sure what exactly I'm supposed to do about it. I actually feel a bit helpless. Well, here's something to consider. You know that power bill you get every month? Did you know you might have options about wherever that energy comes from? Did you know you might have an opportunity to use clean energy? Well, I didn't until I met today's guest at a recent Cause San Diego event. Karen Burns, welcome to Conscious Curiosity SD.
1: Thank you for having me, Jeff. It's wonderful to be here today.
0: Karen is the CEO of San Diego Community Power, the second largest community choice aggregator in California. She has an impressive resume successfully leading multiple companies in the energy sector. She is a published author and a speaker of several languages. She holds four degrees from esteemed universities like Harvard and is relentlessly committed to the pursuit of a better, cleaner world for all through transformational leadership, cultural understanding, and sustainable living. You are a very busy woman (laughs) doing some amazing things. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate you coming in today. Uh, I really would like to, I think this is going to be very educational. I'm very excited. with sharing with Sam out here at the VVV about what I understood from our first meeting. And I'm very excited to learn more about what you do. And I think it's going to be very educational for our audience. So very excited to have you here today, Karen.
1: Excited to be here.
0: Let's start with the end of mine. I have two grandkids. Olivia is 16 and Weston is eight. What is the world going to look like when they're in their 30s and 40s? Are we just going to like <laughs> turn into a big fireball or what? I mean, you're in this space. Where, where are we going, Karen?
1: If we had a crystal ball, uh, we would budget for one. I'm not sure what that budget would be. Now, I think, you know, we really think about that future and it makes a lot of us nervous. We're seeing the some of the things you just talked about, plus Arizona having 10 or 30 days of in excess of 110 degrees, weather. It's a real thing now. At some point in the past, people could think that this was coming and we didn't have to worry about it now. We could stick our heads in the sand, but it is here, it is upon us, and it's happening faster than the climate scientists envisioned. You know, it is the most pressing challenge of our time right now, and it is existential and it is difficult for us because it's so broad, it's so encompassing, it's everywhere that it can be difficult for us to take action that needs to be taken. That's what we're about. That's what San Diego Community Power was created to do was to help here locally because ultimately it's a global problem and it's a local challenge. And so our group is really committed to three things. One, getting our energy generation to 100% clean renewable power by 2035 or sooner. And I'm really excited to say that right now, as of 2022, our power content label, which includes the the power content and and where our power comes from, is 55% renewable and over 12% uh, carbon-free, which in California means large hydro. So we're almost two-thirds of our portfolio today. We're on our way, and that varies from year to year, but we are headed in that direction. um, And we're we're really excited about that. That's one of our most important pieces of our mission. The second most important piece is to invest back in our communities. We want to keep the profits from this work. Even though we're not for profit, you know, we have excess revenues. And after we've gone through our costs, what do we do with that? We're investing that back in the community. Now we're still building our own financial reserves so that we can be a stable entity here for the next 20, 30 years. So we're still in that process. But at the same time, we're already starting to deliver benefits to our communities. We don't want to leave anybody behind. And that can happen when you're talking about a massive energy transition that is being catalyzed everywhere where not everybody is currently participating. Our goal is to make sure that we are including our communities, that we're investing in those, especially what we call our communities of concern, uh, because we're concerned about them. And we want to make sure they participate and can find work in this industry, can receive the benefits of the clean energy evolution and revolution in a way. Uh, And so we're investing back. And one of the really exciting things we just did Last week, we held a, a press event, and we announced that we've given 10 grants to our local communities that are doing work in this space. So, for example, the Climate Action Campaign is organizing workshops for San Diego contractors and residents to figure out how they can even access the money that's already out there. We've got uh, La Mesa Park and Recreation Foundation. They are supporting an electric Lent tool lending library, which is exciting. So those leaf blowers, they don't have to be gas powered; they're electric versions. You and can hopefully
0: not as noisy. <laughs> yes, they're not as noisy. That's one of the things about the home <laughs> office yeah. is all these noises. You don't get any office office.
1: <laughs> I guess we, we've had that w- too many times to count. Uh, the San Diego Green Building Council expanding its electric home cooktop program, so lending out induction cooktops, so folks can experience what it's like to cook on electric burn. Oh, we've come a long way since the last 20 I have electric years.
0: now and it's kind of like I, I was always a gas guy and I wasn't sure, but I'm, I'm okay with the electric. It's actually yeah. worked out okay. It, it's actually hotter than the, the it gas. It's probably hotter, <laughs>
1: quicker, cleaner. It's more yeah. balanced. Yes, um, yes. So there's a lot of benefits to it. And then we worked in partnership with San Diego Foundation who supported Casa Familiar to do workforce development program and folks like Grid Altern. So we have a bunch of those that we just came out and that is just the beginning of community reinvestment because we don't have shareholders. We were created by the people, for the people, our board of directors, folks I report to, if you will, they are our elected officials, the mayor of Imperial Beach, Mayor Aguirre, the uh, Mayor McCann, right, in Chula Vista, uh, council members, city council member Joel Cavas, chair of the board, supervisor Tara lawson Remer. These are folks that are committed to our communities here in San Diego and they represent the board and we take guidance. From them, As well as our, obviously we have our strategic plan and we're more working, moving in that direction. But just to say that it's really important that we invest locally and we're going to see a lot more of that. We're just at the very beginning of being able to do that. We are going to be looking for dollars from the state, from the federal government, from our own internal uh, earnings to develop, whether that's incentive programs, battery programs, electric vehicle access programs, all these different things. We're going to work in partnership and in community with Companies doing great work, organizations, not-for-profits doing great work already out there to really enhance and catalyze the work that they're doing and do some of our own programs as well. So that's the second piece It's really important and unique that's right, right. community power. And the third piece is this notion of inclusion. And this comes from having lived overseas for seven, eight years across from Asia to the Middle East to South America to Europe. This is a global crisis and it's a global opportunity And when I think about that and I bring that to San Diego, that means that if we're going to be successful as a society, as a community, as a collective of global concerned citizens, we have to work together and we have to include everyone. This has to be an industry that everyone who wants to feels they can be a part of, whether that's just receiving opportunities or whether that's creating a career for yourself. And so inclusion and how we do that is really, really important and something that we're really focused on at San Diego Community Power. Because if we can do it, we'll have a smarter team that makes better decisions, that is inclusive, and that gets everybody else on board because they say they can, we're reflective of our community. And that's really, really important.
0: Yeah. I love how you're all jacked up. (laughs) I know. I'm like, this is,
1: this. I care about this stuff.
0: Well, I have to say that, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of time to talk. and, And we actually met at a meeting I was facilitating, really talking about how for-profits should be engaging more in social enterprises or with the nonprofits, And we're trying to help solve some of the problems, which ties in with the cause conferences about, I got a little inkling of the energy piece, but I didn't really get this whole backside that you're doing, the, the other two kind of cornerstones of the business. I, I really love the part about how you're taking the profits and how you're using those to really continue to grow what you're trying to do here in the community. Which was kind of like the issue, like, well, how how should I reinvest my money in the community? No one seems to know, and I always say, do what you do, <laughs> right? So it's just a great example of saying, how do we continue to foster what we're trying to get done yeah. here?
1: Yeah, and you know, on that, just just to how we did that is so the what is as important as the how in my mind, and how we operate and do our thing at San Diego Community Power. So we created what's called a community power plan. We went out to the community, all of our communities, and got over 3,500 unique survey responses, table ringing responses, events we attended. We reached out to the community and we asked them, what do they care about? What are their needs as it relates to energy? Obviously, cost being a big one. So we did this community power panel plan, got over 3,500 unique responses, and that has guided our programmatic efforts and how we think about our short-term programs versus our long-term programs and what those programs will be. And just as an example of that, energy education came up really high. People want to know, how do I control my energy more? How do I move the needle on controlling my energy costs, right? And so that energy education is something you're going to see coming from us in the near term as soon as, as soon as we can. We're working on it now, a campaign that will help folks understand, you know, here's a top 10 list of things that should impact your energy bill can reduce it, right? So here. that's so funny,
0: you know, it's funny you say that cause just, I don't know, maybe it was like two weeks ago I get my bill and you know, you got the three different zones where right? you got the, like the, the lowest power, the medium power highest power, right? I mean, they got different terminology. I go, what's the time frames around these things, right? Mm-hmm. And I've looked at it before, but I kind of forgot because the thing of it is, is like today it's like he, obviously the middle of the night, like the cheapest. And then the most expensive is like
1: 4 to 9 p.m. like in
0: the in the evening yeah yes and and then midday cuz it used to be different you know, when factories were running and all these other kinds of things, the middle of the day was kind of the prime time, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of flipped. So uh, being an older person, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, the model's different today. Run yes. the dishwasher in the afternoon, yes. not at nighttime, right? So it's kind yes. of an interesting thing. After dinner, well, I actually, run at 3:00. A, yeah, right at 3 o'clock, yeah. we'll put uh, it on
1: a three-hour delay and run it at 10.
0: Yeah, so the world's changed. Even that's changed. That model's changed. And if you haven't really been paying attention, you probably wouldn't get that. it.
1: Oh. Energy is almost three times as more expensive, between 4 and 9 p.m.
0: You guys are Relatively new, right? I mean, it's three, been around three
1: and a half years. I think. Like three and a half say. years.
0: So, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you guys are a startup, but you say you're the second largest doing what you're doing. Are you really um, cutting the trail here or are there other models and other sure. areas or states that you can kind of go, oh, I see that over there works really well. Or, I mean, you really on the cutting edge frontier of all this, Karen, or where, where, where do you stand with that?
1: Yeah. So, we currently, well, I'll tell you a little bit about SCCP and then the, the industry overall because it's. It's fascinating. Um, So we are about three years old, kind of a zero to 60 in three seconds, if you will. We are now over a million customer meters, which translates into multiple millions of customers. Uh, We are the second largest CCA. That was following our last enrollment period where we enrolled National City in the unincorporated county. So we've grown from the founding five to the founding to the seven. And now we are close to half of the electric load here in the county area. So we've grown a lot. Um, We have been blazing a trail down here in San Diego, but the reality is that CCAs have been around in California for 25 years. Over the next three to five years, we expect over half of the electric load will be provided by a CCA. There are- um, All, All kind
0: of based on local operations like yours- Yes, kind of coming up in a local area, and so okay, yes. we're going to. Put and most this of them already
1: exist. So I would say okay. the the um, AB one thirteen, which is the legislation that enabled the creation of CCAs, happened in two thousand two. The first one came about, I want to say, in closer to two thousand ten. So we have some real trailblazers. Marin Clean Energy is one. Uh, East Bay Clean Energy, Peninsula Clean Energy, San Jose Clean Energy. There are some folks in the North Bay and up in the Bay Area that have been doing. A lot of this works. Uh, Sonoma Clean Power, there's some really great examples. And we are such a collaborative industry that we've been able to learn from the wise and learn from those that have come before us. So we're really collaborative. We share best practices. We even have a library of best practices. uh, And we meet, we have our own industry group. So I sit on the executive committee of that industry group. We just met this morning uh, talking about things that affect our whole industry. And it's really great because we're really collaborative. We're really supportive of one another. We do sometimes differ on opinions of different things, but that does not keep us in any way from really collaborating and trying to push the whole industry forward. Uh, both here, up in Sacramento, in, in Are Washington, Are the differences DC.
0: driven mostly just because of kind of the local need or desire? Is that what creates the differences typically? Or
1: I would say they're geographical. Yeah. So we're, we're bounded by our geographies, by those member agencies that enroll. We're, we're also different in terms of time when we got started. So we're in a very interesting moment in the global energy market for a lot of reasons. Whether that's, you know, still coming out of COVID supply chain challenges to the gas markets that we've seen. And supply in that area relative to things happening um, in Russia and Ukraine to surely All these things
0: are connected. All these, th- all these <laughs> things are connected.
1: And they hit yeah. us when it comes to power procurement, right? And being able to enable the building of those assets of solar and wind, of battery storage, uh, things like that. So- You know, all of those things impact our organization, even though we're operating at this small level. So if you started 10, 15 years ago, you had a good head start. You've built your reserves. You're running awesome programs. And then some of them are smaller, too. So, again, we're one of the larger ones. We have a much larger territory. And that gives us, that's going to give us more opportunity to do more things at scale.
0: So your territory is the county?
1: It's the seven member agencies. It starts with Imperial Beach, uh, National City, Chula Vista, La Mesa, city of San Diego, Encinitas, and the county, the unincorporated county of San Diego, and so we've got East County, we've got we're up in North County, we're down South County, I and mean, that makes for a really broad group of folks that we need to think about and consult and take into consideration when we're building out our programs because they will be different across the different communities. So you might find, say, Encinitas where there's a lot of solar already and very sophisticated audience, they might be really interested in a battery program, right? Because they want they understand time of use. They understand how to shift it. They've got this excess solar coming off their, off their rooftops. They want to be able to harness that from 4 to 9 p.m. So that's an example of where you might find the higher interest is there. And they're already at 100% clean renewable energy because they defaulted into our Power 100 service. And then we might find in other areas, we're still in need of thinking about energy efficiency, smart thermostats, windows that have a better insulative properties, insulation. So more of like an, an energy efficiency and weatherization to sort of tighten the house. So and it's a very
0: comprehensive looking at all aspects of it can. how Ele- we're using yeah. our energy. Electric
1: vehicles and charging stations, all of these things are on, are on the radar. Electrification of the home, uh, making sure the home is healthy. There's all these different things that we're um, looking at. And that's on our programmatic side. So we do have really big goals on our power side. So we've got over 600 megawatts of new procurement of clean and renewable resources that we'll need to get to that 100%. And then we've got a really exciting local goal. This is a marathon. This is a labor of love because it's going to take a lot. Uh, We've just kicked it off. It is where we're trying to get about 250 megawatts or 15% of our power from local what we call infill projects. So those might be big parking lot structures Mm. or big warehouses that now they only need 25% for their energy use, but we could buy the power from the other 75%, right? And now they've got a good scalable project. They're earning revenues back. Uh, So there's some some interesting opportunities, some real win-wins there. There's community resiliency centers.
0: How big is your team that's out here trying to manage all this? I mean, what do what, 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 what you got a couple thousand people working for your care? We're a,
1: small but mighty. My goodness.
0: I mean, <laughs> that's a lot. That. That's a lot of complexity right there.
1: It is. And that's, that's part of it. Um, we've really talented, amazing team because we're so purpose-driven. And I think that's, you know, one of the takeaways is that when- So what is our purpose? So yes, yeah, so our purpose is to get to 100% clean and renewable okay, energy. That's the to, focus, and to do so in a way that provides an equitable, affordable, and sustainable San Diego. That's the how. The what is the 100%, and we have that broken down by infill projects and large-scale, you know, hundreds of megawatts power projects, all clean and renewable. But then we also have very much a focus our our community reinvestments, the making sure that we're offering, you know, we're creating high-quality jobs. Right? We're working with labor, we're working with communities to create new jobs. We're thinking about the how as well as the what.
0: So what's the biggest challenge? It just sounds so easy, it can't be that nice. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other than obviously all the complexity and all uh, this area needs this and this and that and all the yeah. different opportunities for different types of energy and all this, but so what's the biggest challenge in actually getting to where you're trying to get to as you, as you sit here today?
1: There are many. I think the things that make us unique can also in themselves present challenges. So one example of this is we are a local not-for-profit electricity provider with a board of directors that is elected, appointed to serve from their member agency. So we might see folks get a lot of
0: turnover. (laughs) We have turnover
1: (laughs) and we have people coming in with any, enormous difference in their knowledge of the Mm. space. And it is an onion that's constantly peeling. It's
0: not like a board of experts you put together, right? No. it's
1: It's your elected officials and they're learning as we're going. We are a trusted government entity. We are very very transparent to the extent we can be. But we're also operating in a globally competitive and in a private sector competitive market. And so every month I basically turn over what we're doing you know, on, in a public board meeting to everybody, including our competition, including folks that may be very interested in that information. And so that's that's one challenge, I think, is you have this more opacity or opaqueness and we're very transparent and we believe in that. That's one of our right. values is integrity and transparency. And so we we fully support that and we want our our public people
0: that are what a cool business model though so. right i mean it's amazing I mean, it's kind of the whole theme of uh, conscious curiosity right I mean, it was founded on the principles of conscious capitalism and all that right yes, it's like yes. how do we do this differently you guys yeah. are doing that
1: we're, we're definitely we're definitely doing things so, so, so talk so to so me
0: jeff blanton living in beautiful pacific beach what does that look like to me what does this mean to me what how, how do i engage in this maybe i already engaged in it i don't even know i'm engaged in it for citizen jeff what what sure. does this look like
1: if you are living in specifically in a community that's involved with SDCP, then you're probably already enrolled. Uh, you, you were enrolled very seamlessly. We sent out two mailing notices and you started to, your energy bill still comes from sdg Did
0: it come as a standalone from you or did it come in part of my normal monthly bill or?
1: The notifications came as separate, okay. separate mailings. There were about two of them.
0: I don't even read my emails, Karen, so probably, you know. <laughs> I know. Well, you didn't have to do anything.
1: Up until this moment, for 100 years, there hasn't been a choice. Yeah. You, you sign, you know, you buy or rent your house, and that's your energy provider. Done. Now, what happens is when everyone automatically enrolls into the service, that process is what gives them choice. Because then you can do three things. You can do nothing and just stay enrolled in the Power On service, which is 55 now, 67% clean, carbon-free, and renewable. You can opt up to our Power 100 service and immediately start receiving 100% clean renewable power. Or you can opt out and say, you know, this isn't for me. I want to go back to- I
0: love coal. (laughs) I love coal. Yes. I love coal.
1: (laughs) That's not me. I don't love coal. But uh, yes, so you could say, this just isn't for me, you know, and so you can opt out. And then- and then it's fairly the same. Your billing infrastructure is the same as provided by sdg e The poles and wires, the transmission and distribution is all done through SDG&E. It's, an, it's a large monopoly. The difference is that your power is coming from cleaner and renewable sources. And we try to keep a value proposition to the sdg e rate. So not only rate cleaner, we have so far been able to, and we continue to aim to be more affordable.
0: What's the cost look like today? So if I'm to up my... Cleaner energy, am I looking at, oh, geez, I'm going to double my monthly bill or?
1: Great question. If you went up to Power 100, you'd be paying about the same rate as what you would pay if you had opted out and stayed with SDG Neat. Mm. And if you stay with a Power On product, it's about 3% less expensive.
0: Wow. So actually going cleaner from a cost perspective is a better program. Yes. Wow.
1: That's the goal. Now we try. And that is, you know. So it fluctuates
0: at some level based on?
1: It it does fluctuate based on the market where we are subject to that market and to the power prices, which have been extremely high, the cost of buying the power, of pro- providing and procuring what's called RA or resource adequacy, which is sort of, imagine like standby power if you ever need it. Um, there's a certain amount we have to buy, and so that that's become very expensive. You know, we also see that the market ebbs and flows, and so we know that this too shall pass and that in you know a few more years, things will get back to normal and we'll see more normalized uh, pricing for assets. We hope, right? We will, we will. The day the
0: world turns all back to (laughs) to normal for us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, you asked about conscious capitalism. And when I think about what we do and how we do it and the why and how it invigorates our team, for me, it's something I have to do. Like, I can no longer go back to working in a world, and this has been for the last 10 years, where I don't feel like I'm making a positive contribution every day. Not once in a year or...
0: You know, I'm going to do my good thing next Saturday. Yeah, next Saturday. Like <laughs> I'm going to clean up the beach. <laughs>
1: you know, when you spend this much time in an organization and, and on something, it's so much more powerful for someone as an individual to care about a larger thing, right? Whether that's a crisis to be resolved, or in service of others in your community, or in service to a larger goal like the climate—you know, the climate opportunity here—it just creates such intrinsic motivation that is sustainable. And then if you can have an organization that has a purpose that is larger than its employees, that is larger than the profits yep. that are there, but it has a purpose, that is what generations coming really want to be part of. We all want to be part of it. And that motivates, that attracts talent that, I mean, in a world like this, we don't have trouble attracting talent because it's very clear what we do. It's a very clear our mission And that's very important to people. And they see that they're attracted to it. We're getting incredible talent from all over. And that's a testament to the clarity of our mission and vision that we try to really walk that walk. And then we have a set of core values that also we are now building into the DNA of the organization. What are those? So it starts with uh, what we call justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, or JEDI. It's value number one. And Right now, we're really focused on that inclusion because that's kind of the, and belonging. That's the first part of that is making that sense of belonging, whatever your background, whatever your socioeconomic background, cultural background, ethnic background, gender background, like folks, when they feel included and are part of a larger thing, it's just a really powerful Uh combination. Mm -hmm. So we spend a lot of time with that. Uh, Transparency, as I mentioned, integrity, that's something, and that goes to our, our existence as a government entity, and we are serving the people. Um, impact, that's our getting to 100%. Clean and renewable energy, that's really important. So we track that every year. We're looking at how we're doing. Um, that's our that impact piece. Uh, innovation, we're just starting to tick away at some of that. We've got some exciting pilot programs that we're going to be launching in the next, say, three to three to nine months that are taking that one step further. So you might see something come out about virtual power plants. Or, you know, battery opportunities or things like this to help move us in that direction. And then servant leadership, that's an important one. We stay focused on customers' cornerstone for us and what do they need and how do we do this and how do we keep rates affordable while still maintaining a sustainable, fiscally responsible organization. Um, and then lastly, togetherness, that's about the company. That's the company and our close partners but it's really about how do we foster that sense of belonging? How do we foster that sense of we're in this together and we're going to bring other people with us and other organizations with us and we're going to do this together because together is how we get there. It's a famous, I can't remember which which country in Africa, but it's an African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think we really want to go far and so we want to go together. We're excited about that. We're passionate about it. You know, really encouraging. We're trying to find folks with lateral skills, transferable skills that can come in if they're from finance. They don't have to have an energy background. We can teach energy, right? HR. It's more same about who thing. you
0: are and being part of this mission thats being uh, part of it. Yeah.
1: And you've and really feeling that on a day-to-day basis.
0: Love that. Love that. So let's talk about Karen. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean- You
1: sure you want to do that? Yes, I do.
0: Because you just described, I mean, from a leadership perspective, I mean, again, it's kind of what the whole idea of this podcast is about, is really interviewing leaders that, you know, subscribe to that kind of leadership model. And you've led other companies. What, what has been kind of your story? How, how did that evolve for you to kind of get to how you're leading today? I mean, certain things happen along the way- you weren't born with this, right? I mean, <laughs> capitalism, capitalism. We right. talk. We, we learn a certain thing, but somewhere along the way, you started to evolve things, right? And here's the, the current embodiment of that. So, a little bit. Of, what's your story? How did How did this come to be? Why Why are you leading the way you're leading? Yeah. That was a long question. Yeah, well, and there, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot I, of setup in there. I can go
1: all the way back, or I can go kind of to well, give us
0: the big highlights. What were the things that yeah. really impacted you to decide? This is where I'm going. This is how I'm going to lead. This is what I want this organization to look like. Because that's on okay. you. I mean, you're the one that's creating this.
1: Well, thank you. And Collectively, and, and, but I mean, you're, yeah, the, yes, you're, the, cheer, is, you're the head cheerleader. Definitely a team effort, but you yeah. have to. Yes, yeah, something like this does come from the the team and the folks at the at the helm, if you will, and thinking about it. I was actually thinking about that and reflecting, and there were two sort of moments. Well, I would say early early on in high school, I had the chance to witness environmental destruction kind of going on real time. Uh, I grew up in a beach town on the East Coast right south of New York city and ocean dumping was quite a thing. And the things that were showing up on our beaches, I was a lifeguard, you know, it was a thing, you know, like just, just really, not just equipment, but body parts. It was, a, it, it made the news. Yeah. It was really, really awesome. Like in New York. Yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. That's interesting medical ways. Uh, so that sort of spurred my original, the environment had always been a recluse, a, a, a place of, Calmness and serenity uh, in a crazy world. It was always a place of place I would go. So I was. I are always you a connection.
0: water person or are you? A I'm
1: a both a water and a and a forest person. Ah, okay, yeah, right, both both, going. both right. very very strong on both. Because of that, because of my connection to the both the beach and the forest, and also seeing this, I started our environmental society in high school, and we were doing like beach cleanups, pretty activist around this, making a lot of noise, getting the paper doing things to, hey, make awareness that this is happening. And this was the very beginning. This was a long time ago. Um, but my passion had always been there. set the seed. And then later I started traveling, traveling a lot. Um, I lived seven years overseas and that and different cultures, different. I spoke the different languages. I always wanted to connect with people. So I would always have that language book. And the first person I could find, I was trying to, you know, use the language to connect with them and communicate and learn. That took a lot of my shyness away over the years. Just multiple countries by myself without parents or friends necessarily. Like I didn't bring them along. I met them there. But uh, that that whole process bold. just-
0: That's both Karen.
1: It, it, it created <laughs> a lot of comfort in uncertainty.
0: Yeah.
1: And leadership is a lot about making decisions in uncertainty. But I did some really interesting things while I was overseas. I wasn't just in an office right? I was working on um, making a film and writing a book in India. So I was in the community. I was learning the local dialects. I was watching, studying the culture Uh, in Brazil in college. This was a really impactful moment for me that ties to this leadership, my leadership style. I was studying poverty as one of the things that I was interested in and just trying to think about it. And so I went and lived in a favela in this state called Tonkanchins uh, out in sort of East Brazil, not on the coast, in the inner, inner interlands. And lived there for a month and just learned and connected with the people. And I would say that experience— it was just you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I had gotten connection through some yeah, a religious organization, right? Who yeah. That was helping me. Yeah, that was me. Uh, and I was so—like the, the resilience of the human spirit is something you see live in situations like that. And it also was— so challenging and overwhelming as a, as a young adult to come to terms with just how challenging the cycle of poverty is, the generational cycle, breaking out of it, the challenges that so many of us just take for granted, getting, being able to get to work, for example, being able to have three meals a day, like there's so many clean shower, water, water, (laughs) yes, water, like things that we just take for granted and how do you escape that? It's very, very, very challenging. A bright light, you know. There's very few that can do it. And so, just the empathy. Get on a bus and and go back to Rio, you know. And, and but but that always stayed with me how the resilience of the human spirit and the challenges, the overwhelming challenges that one faces in those conditions. Just the desire to be helpful, like to support, to understand, to not judge, to not pass judgment on someone for having, you know, found themselves or born into or a situation, but really to say, okay, well, what can we do? How can we help along the way? What, what education can we provide? What skills so that folks can find their way and be more successful in life? And I think, so that I think about, and I think about how that ties to our communities of concern and just really wanting to make sure we don't leave folks behind in this transition and that where we can not just give them a fish, but that whole old saying, teach someone how to fish, like how can we create jobs for folks that can in a new economy that you can't outsource. You know, you can't outsource weatherization, you can't outsource energy audits, you can't outsource putting roof a solar on rooftops. Th- that's always going to be lo- always going to be local jobs here for folks and and they don't require expensive college degrees. How do we think about that? And then when I went to the, lived in the UAE, I was in, you know, I was in finance for 10 years and I was in the, in private equity and I remember waking up and looking out across this desert and I had started thinking about solar, and I was looking for investment opportunities there. And there was this one little solar company, you know. Now it's changed, but I just saw like solar is the new oil for the Middle East and for for all of us. And you could just see the climate crisis coming. You could start to to see the future, and I just knew that's where I wanted to go. I wanted I to turn the light
0: bulb on for the energy piece.
1: Yeah, the yeah. light bulb for the energy piece c- came on there, and um, so I came back to California where things were happening, right? Where there was like-minded folks getting ready to, to really tackle this challenge in a meaningful way, both on the technology front and other fronts. And that sort of brought me full circle to, you know, a few iterations and organizations uh, later brought me to this opportunity, which is really that combination of being able to work with and give back and invest in communities and get to our clean energy and do it in a way that's really inclusive because we all have to be involved if this is going to work, we've all got to be involved. It can't be.
0: We all got to be pushing in the same yeah. direction here. Right? Yeah. yeah, everybody,
1: everybody, everybody feels feel that it's, it's for them too. It's for us too. We can do this. We together. All right. And if it's, you know, kind of the way the energy industry has been in the past, that doesn't feel that way. That's not what it feels like. And so if I'm someone who isn't part of that group, I'm going to feel like, well, this isn't for me. This is someone else trying to tell me what to do. It's mm. not, no, it's for everybody. There's an opportunities here which are. This decade, this next decade is where the opportunities are in this space for so many people to get involved and to really make a difference. Trying to do it here locally. And then our vision is to uh, show that it can be done. And if it can be done, the how is as important as the what. And then hope that others, that we can be a beacon of light for others.
0: Love that. Love that. San Diego first. Let's let's make it happen in San Diego. We got such a great place to make things like this happen. Well, I I definitely thank you for sharing that because, I mean, I— I see how all the dots sort of connect and where you, you're coming from and what you're building today is kind of built on this whole kind of career of doing all these different things and trying everything you're doing. It's it's wonderful. I and mean, that's how our careers are supposed to go. We're supposed to continue to evolve it and evolve it and evolve it. So awesome. Someone listening to this says, This sounds great, Karen. You know, you're like me. I'm a BB. What how do I engage? What how what where where would you send me if I wanted to know more? I wanted to you know, am I plugged in, not plugged in? How, how do I do that? What's the best thing for me to do?
1: Sure. Well, our website is actually a treasure trove of a lot of information. Okay. You can learn more about we'll, your- We'll
0: put those in the links in, there yeah, in the podcast. Yeah. I mean,
1: how to read your bills in there, right? Which is a complex thing. It is. The bill. There's it all is. these different pieces, Color different coded and, and this. everything. Yeah, it's a lot. Even <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. So, you know, there's things like that. Um, There'll be events that we'll be sponsoring, tabling, being at. Um, really- you know, being open to this idea because it is new. I mean, relatively new. We've, we've been around 20, 25 years now in the state. We're making tremendous progress. We are we are lifting the tide. And so, you know, being supportive. If someone's really skeptical about it, well, hey, you know, here, here's what I know. I know that it's about clean energy. It's about investing in communities. And it's about doing it in an inclusive way. That sounds pretty good to me. And oh, and by the way, it's cheaper.
0: Right, right. right? There you go. Bottom oh, yeah. line always Cleaner. has a play in this. Cleaner thing. and cheaper. <laughs> yeah. So
1: hmm, like, and so I think that's one I way. You, you know, wrong. folks that are right. Well, <laughs> it's the energy market, and who knows? Be, eh,
0: we'll right. But, yeah, right. Could change tomorrow. Cheaper might be a little more expensive tomorrow, That's yeah, yeah. And
1: then we're always looking to partner with great organizations who are doing great work um, that's connected to our space, mm-hmm. right? So we this was our first, and we hope one of many opportunities to give grants to uh, community-based organizations that are doing great work and being those servant leaders in the community, really evangelizing for uh, and supporting this clean energy transition. Uh, Understanding, learning more about electric vehicles, thinking about whether gas versus electric on your stove. There's so many things you can do. Learn how to take control of your energy. Tips and tricks. We have some summer tips on our site too. What are some things I can do to lower my energy bill? Yeah, and feel free to reach out and-
0: Let's make it happen. of it. Well, we're just about out of time here. One last big thought. What's like the one big takeaway? If take all this information, everything we've been talking about, and you want me to remember this one thing. What would you want me to remember, Karen?
1: It's a great question. So many things. For San Diego Community Power, I said the how is as important as the what. So we're getting to 100% clean energy, we're doing it in a way that's investing back in communities, absolutely focused on inclusion in everything we do. And then on a personal level, I would say purpose-filled work, purpose-filled organizations, and inclusion and belonging—that is makes a dream team. Uh, that makes everything that we do. It brings consciousness to capitalism, and I think that's that's really important for all of us because when you're engaged, when you're motivated, when you're working towards something larger than yourself. And as, as an organization, it just one and one is so much more than two.
0: Oh, so. very nice. Oh, I'm with you on that one. hundred percent. Well, I want to thank you for coming in today and sharing, hopefully educating all of us a little bit on uh, what our opportunities here are in the energy piece. Cause yeah. Look around. <laughs> things some bad things are happening and we need to kind of change our ways here. And here's an option for us. Get right. connected with you guys and opt
1: up to power one hundred too. That's yes. one I, you know, I feel silly. That's that's like the easiest thing one can do is opt up to power one hundred. All right. Get clean and renewable power one hundred percent, go in your home. Business. I
0: told my wife, I was uh, talking to you today and she said, I want to do clean energy. So uh, there
1: you go. <laughs> I got to find out where
0: we're at. Maybe we're already on the program. We'll Popped have to up. See. You could do it.
1: It's a cup of coffee a month. It's not yeah. that
0: much. Well, thanks Maybe again, Karen, for coming in, in. Well, that's our show for today. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe, comment, and most importantly, share the podcast with a friend. Again, special thanks to our collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, Be Local, and Cause San Diego. We're all using the influence of business to positively impact our very own community of San Diego. I'm Jeff Lanton from Jailbreak Leadership saying, until next time, go do what you do. Go do what you do best, for we're all counting on you.